Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Your Story Global. My name is Eseto Soteri. I am so excited to be joined by a good friend of mine all the way from Tanzania. Her name is Rama Salomon, but uh, she's going to introduce herself. Uh, Rama, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me. All right, let's kick things off, man. Tell the people who you are. Just who is Rahma? Okay. Um, Mulweni, Unjani. Diapi, Unjani. Iga Malangu, Rahma Suleiman. I hope I still understand and remember well. You're still doing oh, good. Okay, so, yeah. My name is Rahma Suleiman from Tanzania. I am a young leader, so currently um available in zanzibar so right now i'm working for an international organization called youth challenge international so i'm working as partnership and training coordinator so we have this program called hashtag innovate the future program mm -hmm. that is actually aimed to support young women in um in tanzania uganda and ghana so we basically run program for social entrepreneurship and incubation we also provide funding support and coaching and mentorship Man, you are doing amazing things and I am not surprised. I know that's who you are and I know that's what you do. But I want us to go back a bit. Um, how did Rahma get into the space of development? I know there's a lot that you're doing. Uh, you're also into gaming. Mm -hmm. You are also into social entrepreneurship. Yeah. You are also into yeah. policy making and so much more. There's so much that you do. But how did you get into that? Take us through being a young girl in Zanzibar and just getting into the space that you are okay so um my journey actually started when i was in secondary school um so i started working for unicef so there was this uh project um so the project was actually implemented here in zanzibar because i started here um and the project called speakers corners trust so this was a platform for young people in zanzibar to raise their voices towards the challenges they actually face. Um, so we also had an opportunity to provide uh, recommendations to potential stakeholders, including the government, um, how uh, um, they can actually intervene the challenges that are actually facing young people in Zanzibar. And this platform was actually the first platform because in Zanzibar, so for those who actually know the origin of Zanzibar, most of the young people here, um, now they're actually getting into these kind of spaces, but then, years back they never had that kind of opportunity mm. you never find young people from zanzibar speaking about the matters of the priorities mm. so unicef um um so they 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 brought this um program in partnership with um uh, youth of united nations so at that time i was part of the this uh community so there's where i actually wanted to to start, you know, challenge myself, but also mm. inspiring the greater generations. So mm. there's where I started um, engaging myself in this kind of activities. And at that time, actually, I never had any kind of experience, to be mm. honest. I was like, so I was this kind of young person focused on studies. Like, you mm. cannot tell me anything about these other extracurriculum activities, you know. And I was actually taking science. And even mm. the vision that I had, I was like, no, I'm not going to settle myself in those kind of careers. So because I also, I had this perception, okay, I'm going to study 
science and maybe mm. one day I'll become a doctor and things like that. So that was the mindset for me. Like, this is the only way for me to change the world. But yes. again, later when I started exposing myself in this kind of platform, there's where I started understanding, okay, you know, you can choose any career, mm. but also you can contribute something to the community mm. you're living um, in. So there's where I started engaging myself in science competitions, arts, and gaming, actually. Mm. So that's, that's so where inspiring. my journey started. And then I moved to Dar es Salaam. So when I went to Dar es Salaam, I... So I sent an email to this um, director and I said, like, I need a platform where I can actually gain experience. Mm. And at that time, I only had my experience from the UNICEF project, you know. Mm. And then it was like, you need to come and meet me. Mm. So I remember the day I actually had an appointment with him. I was there at the office in the evening, 6.30, something like While I was supposed to be at the morning, you know. Because I was new to the town mm. and things like that. So I'm, I, I was not used to go around by myself. Mm. So I went to meet him and then he interviewed me. And then he was like, you know what? You're starting now. No, you're not going home right now. So you spend the, My goodness. the rest of the time to the office now. And I was like, okay, I'm good to go. So I started working for uh, the Jen Goodall Institute. Um, there, uh, I got an opportunity to be as a regional coordinator. So I worked there around two to three years. And then there, there I started working with uh, resource development. Okay, let's, let's go back. How old were you when you sent that email? Because you are in your 20s and you just, yeah. you know, you, you braved it up and you said, I am going to send this person an email. This is a director of a company. And you just took that chance. How old were you? I think it was around 18 to 19. Mm. Um, yeah. And you were like, I am, I am, I am just doing this. I am shooting my yeah. shot. That is you amazing. Know, yeah. I had this, you know, because at that time I was at home and I didn't have anything to keep me busy. And I actually came from the environment where you're busy, like today you'll be mm. here, you'll be doing one, two, three, and then now someone is telling you to stay at home. Mm. So you feel idle, you feel like mm. you have this um, kind of frustration. So mm. I was like, I was looking for a way to keep myself engaged, but mm. also to build my career because I was, um, because my father used to tell me like, for, for you to get an opportunity as a leader, mm. you actually need to create yourself. You need to create mm. processes for yourself. Mm. You cannot wait for someone else and come yes. to hold your hand. So you need to, to get yourself up mm. and look for mm. ways out. That is so true. So I was looking for ways out. Mm. Tell me, as a young girl growing up in Zanzibar, you said, you know, many young people are facing different challenges. What sort of challenges mm -hmm. do you, did you come across as you are trying to, you know, have an impact within the society and just trying to find your feet around development and, you know, just making a career of the things that you are passionate about? Mm -hmm. um, so I think one of the challenges um, that I, I faced it was um, the, the, the capacity to fit in mm. because most of the people, so we, we, we had this kind of community, like a group of young people who are actually familiar mm. to the environment of Zanzibar. 
when we speak about advocacy, we have this picture of young people, like let's say 10 of them, like we know them mm. in deep. Whenever you go, you meet them. Whenever you go, you meet them. So for, as a young girl, it's so difficult to fit in in this kind of um, ecosystem because most of them are men mm. or older than you. So most of the time when you get to, you, when you get an opportunity to connect with them, you mm. don't actually feel engaged yes. um, meaningfully mm. because they'll be your lead. You receive um, information and um, all the instructions from them. You don't mm. have that platform to say, okay, guys, this is what I'm thinking, you know? Mm. So it was not easy for me, but also to, um, um, I can say to, to the mentors or to the leads, to those mm. people who actually had those spaces, like mm. people who actually are uh, running the programs. Mm. They, I'll say personally, I never had an opportunity for them to, to believe in me. Mm. I feel like the moment they started realizing that I have that potential, there's where they actually started coming in. But mm. at that time, it was already late because mm. I was already um, willing mm. and um, capable to stand by myself mm. and set out my grounds. Like, mm. no, this, this is what we can do together. Oh, no, mm. this is not in my mm. case to do mm. with you. You are actually so, good. You are like... I am, I am done with you. I wanted you then. Yeah. I wanted you yeah. to believe in me, but you didn't. So I am fine now. I can do this on my own. How is it yeah. now? Um, you are in this space now. You're still a young woman. You are still yeah. in a space where it's, you know, it's male dominated in the, in the, in the different industries. Um, how is it now? Um, and comparing it to when you were growing up and when we were actually getting into the space Mm -hmm. um so i can say for now somehow it uh, feels a bit different i can say this is actually connected to the people that i've already created a network with mm. so for example um when we speak about gamification and gaming mm. you know now i actually have my own ecosystem that i can actually connect mm. so i can find my uh, fellow um, girls over there, I can find my um, fellow men, but mm. we, when we come together in this kind of platform, we are all one. Mm. It is very rare to find people who actually don't have that mindset as, as you are, maybe mm. let's say, so this is a different field and there's no gender in mm. it. Mm. Yeah, so for now, it's a bit different, but when you come to connect with other stakeholders, let's say you, you're trying to pitch something, mm. it is a bit difficult as well for them to say, okay, so you, you also do gaming? Are you mm. doing gaming like gaming mm. for real? Or you just, you know? Mm. Mm. So most of the people, they don't actually get it. They mm. feel like maybe you're joking. Can you do coding? So what exactly <laughs> do you do? So sometimes they say, okay, I'm doing gamification and game design. I will be like, for real? Mm. Like, you do gaming, gaming, mm. real games? I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? So yeah. it's so difficult for, 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 for some of the areas as well, I can mm. say. I think, I think what you have said, I think it, it happens everywhere where 
you know, as a young woman, it, this is an industry that no one expects you to be in. And even exactly. when they, when, when they, ex, when they say, when you say that you are um, into games and development and stuff like that, they'll be like, um, she's probably not that good. So how yeah. do you, how do you um, go about getting over that you constantly need to prove yourself to people that, oh, actually I am quite good and I'm quite capable. So how do you mm-hmm. deal with such? So uh, I'll speak from my own understanding. So let's say when I started working for, for, this, um, for this career of gamification and game design, mm-hmm. um, when I, I didn't get an opportunity to get in directly. Mm. I remember one of my mentors said, no, you cannot join it. Mm. And she was so straight, like, no. Mm. And maybe she thought it was not for me. Mm. Mm. But again, that was something I was really willing to learn, but mm. also to pursue the, the thing forward. Mm. Mm. So there was this lady, so she was from Ethiopia. And she was like, Rama, I really think you can do this. Because mm. I was actually responsible to receive applications from different um, young people who mm. actually wanted to participate in them. So it was actually the when we when when Inter Africa actually started the mm. the organization that now it's um, dealing with uh, gamification and mm. game design. Um, so it started as a project. Mm. So when the project started, we were recruiting people. Mm. And I was part of recruiting um, team, I can say. Mm. So mm. I was not actually required to be part of the team, mm. but assisting the project to stand mm. out. Mm. So the lady said, no, I think that now it can just be vice versa. I feel like you fit in the, mm. in the project because you have all these um, criteria, you mm. know, and you, you are capable. I believe you can do this. Uh, I was like, I'm not really sure, but again, mm. when I talk to my parents, so I, I feel like it's also connected to the, um, to the people you actually mm. have around. My, and my parents were very supporting. They're like, mm. this is something you're interested in. And we've been seeing mm. a lot and a lot from you. So we feel like it's something that can actually give you a way out. Mm. So there's where Excel started. So um, coming back there, I feel like um, it's also connected to the people you actually have but mm. also understanding yourself, sending to the passion and strength that you believe in yourself. Like, this mm. is my passion. I want to take this further. And there's mm. where you can actually sustain what you have and mm. to bring um, the beautiful picture at the end. I, I love how you're mentioning the fact that you also spoke with your parents and they were very supportive of it because I wanted to get to this point. Um, how important is it, do you think, for you um, to get even for other young people to get a good support a support system that is going to push you towards your passion and trying out new things. How important is it just having that structure? Does it help? Um, if so, how does it help? It helps a lot and a lot and a lot. And I can be the good example for that. Mm. Um, growing up, uh, so there was a time I was not actually living with my parents. Mm. I can understand the gap um, I had from that moment because mm. I feel like I didn't have a lot of things for myself mm. as the way I am today. 
-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you grow up um, in the outside environment of your home, it's quite difficult for the people to actually mm -hmm. understand the real you, mm -hmm. your passion, because the people who are actually close to you, like your family, your, uh, your close friends, are the people who can actually talk to you and get to know mm. you better, maybe through the conversation or yes. the way you actually interact with them. Mm. And for that, they can actually use as a reference to say that, okay, Rahma, this is what we believe is better. Mm. Um, and maybe this is what you are good at. And maybe mm. when you push little, um, a little bit, it will actually bring the positive uh, impact. Mm. So it is very important to have a good support supporting system especially mm. when it comes to parents mm. not only parents you know because we have other people who can uh who, who didn't get an opportunity to be to be raised by parents yes. but they had close people you know mm. maybe the guardians mm. the, the neighbors mm. and the mm. friends you know so when you have the right people to share what you actually have and the people who actually mm. understand and always wish better for you mm. they'll be able to to, to give you highlights, to give you hints, even um, the platform to learn about other things as well. Because mm. sometimes not all the things are communicated, but maybe for you to connect with them, you can observe, you can get something from them. Mm. So mm. I would say it is very important to have a, a good supporting system for your personal development mm. and even to pursue your career. But sometimes it can also be a bad idea mm. because... We've seen a lot of people failing um, a lot of missions because of the close um, people they, yes. they put in, even, mm. even families, like mothers, fathers, mm. brothers, and things like that. You, you are doing so much, Rahma. Um, you have done so okay. much in the past, and you will continue to do so much. How do you balance it all? Even in this interview, we are speaking gaming, we are speaking development, because mm -hmm. all of these things make you who you are, and these are things that you are passionate about. So mm -hmm. how do you get to balance your life and, and making sure that everything is happening when it should be happening? Um, so I'll say, so I don't know, but I feel like it's a matter of prioritizing mm. the things that um, have strong foundation, you know. Mm. So I would say it's more, so I've tried to balance these things um, um, in a way that I know this time is for this thing and this yes. time is for this thing. For example, with gamification, uh, game design, you know, that, that one is actually, it actually don't take, a lot of my time for mm. now because I can do it in any time whenever I'm relaxed whenever mm. I feel like okay this is the time for me to do one two three and I have uh, this uh, schedule for different engagements okay. so it actually don't don't get an opportunity to interact with other schedule and sometimes even if it get an opportunity to collapse or to, mm. to collide I'll always find a way out so with inter-Africa right now uh, right now, as we are talking, so mm. first, I, I didn't say about Inter-Africa. So Inter-Africa, this is an um, creative organization that is actually, mm. so we tend to create a gaming ecosystem mm -hmm. industry here in Africa. 
we mm. want to provide a platform for creatives in Africa to gain, like, like to showcase their works, mm. their works to be valuable, you know, to be mm. recognized um, um, and things like that. So we also intend to, to, to change the living conditions of these young um, mm. creatives and the lives of other young people in communities. Uh, for example, when we say gamification, we use gamification to address challenges into different communities. Mm. So with this uh, organization, now it actually has its own um, components that we actually deliver and I'm not actually alone. So I have a team. Mm. For example, in Tanzania, we have a team. In South Africa, we have a team. In Ethiopia, we have a team. So mm. we almost 15 African countries right now. Okay. So in most of our activities, we actually delegate. Mm. And um, we delegate, but also if someone is actually in need of support, for example, my friends in Kenya or Uganda, they the always make a time to say, okay, we need to do this, but it's it also need to reflect to your availability, mm, you know? So mm. it's not almost all the time, like we can come yes. together and do things. No, we, so it actually depends on the scheduling and um, the, the emergency needs, mm, I can say. Mm, mm, so mm. when it comes to work, um, I think that one is very understandable mm. because when you go to office, you do your work, uh, so it's actually connected to advocacy, yes. whatever, whatever. So if ever you want to do um, maybe other engagement, it's also going to fall, fall under your planning. Like, okay, maybe for this month, I'll mm. be doing one, two, three. Let's say for now, I'm doing um, this new program for, um, so it's actually focusing on HIV response. Yes. So the program is actually delivered by UNFPA. Mm. Um, so I do my courses monthly, mm. you see? So I always tend to be mindful, like, okay, if this month I have an activity, then maybe my course mm. will be at the end of the month, maybe yes. the last week of the month. So it's more of prioritizing, but also scheduling mm. what you actually want uh, to mm. do first and what is mm. actually come next. Very oh, yeah. important, very important that you prioritize. Now, I want us, I want you to take us through what does the future of gaming look like, especially for young women in African countries? Uh, mm. Take us through the landscape right now. What is it looking like and looking into the future as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the future of gaming in Africa, now I can say it's growing. Mm. It's really growing right now uh, compared to two years, two to two, uh, two to three years ago. Mm. But now most of the people, they actually get this um, sparkle, you know, they, mm. they also want to, to get engaged. Um, and for real game industry, it's not about you doing coding like almost all the mm. time. Mm. We have people in the industry who can't actually even code a little bit mm. but for when it comes to uh female gamers we we have uh, very few individuals who are actually engaging themselves in the industry mm. it is i can i dare to say it's male dominated because mm. even now if you ask me like how many women do we have in inter africa mm. i'll say maybe probably around 10 mm. Mm. in in all the 16 African, All the 16 countries. African countries, man. Yeah. 
So there needs uh, okay. to be something that changes. Exactly. And even when, so we, we also have this um, executive committee. Mm. I remember the only three female mm. in the executive committee. Mm. So mm. I think this can also tell um, like there's a need of other people to get awakened and yes. be able to, to get themselves in the, in the movement. Mm. Um, so I remember when we started, we, we, we were actually conducting outreach programs. Mm. But again, even the teachers, when you say you approach the teachers and you want to build capacities to the teachers, um, female teachers will be like, no, these are for boys. And mm. so these are the things they actually do it when mm. they are home and mm. they take it as something that can actually waste the time of you know mm. their kids, their young people, even themselves. But they don't actually understand that like nowadays people use game, gamification and gaming as a tool to address mm. challenges. Mm. So people actually right now that don't have that um, awareness unless otherwise they're exposed enough mm. to understand the concept. Mm. And there are some of organizations even here in Tanzania that are trying to not actually gaming, but they, they're trying to, uh, to incorporate uh, digital mm. um, approaches like doing animations, mm. um, things like that, but not specifically as games. Yeah. like gaming gaming you know it's mm. just as short films or animations for creating awareness on specific issues mm. so mm. the future of um, game in africa i'd say we can have this bigger vision to have uh, a lot of people in there but again mm -hmm. we are coming back there we don't have enough resources we don't mm. have the capacity even when we started for now, we, we, we are trying to map out these mm. um, creatives, but most of the people you actually get to, and to, to, to join in the database or in the database mm. when we look at it, it's people from Europe mm. um, and they're, they're all men, mm. but they're all from Europe, you mm. know, that's why we even say, okay, now one of the components will integrate for inter-Africa. We want the creatives african creatives we want to create the platform yes. for african creatives because we know they're there but mm. again they don't have this kind of platform yes they, we and we understand the the male communities in into different areas mm. they have a lot of things to show we have studios but they are underground they're making a lot of impact they create real games but again once they create games, they use their resources, they use mm. their money, but the game is not actually going there. Yes. What you actually see there, it's those people actually have this um, big opportunity. Yes. Let's say maybe I'm, I'm from Germany and I'm doing gaming. So I create a game, one, two, three, and then the game will come directly to Africa. Boom. Mm. And then something like that. You are using... Um, gamification to address social issues and that links with what you're also passionate about which is development what got you into development firstly let's go there what got you into development what inspired you and what keeps inspiring you to stay within this field okay so I think one of the things that I actually feel like it was on my bucket list. Mm. So, um, so remember when I said I uh, when I started working for the Jen Goodall Institute, um, mm. Rosenschutz Institute. 
Um, so, okay, I was working with young people and then we had different projects like community projects. We also had um, projects related to animals. You know, Jen Gudaru mm. Sanchez, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So having that platform to connect with other young people, I feel like it's also created a platform for me to learn from other young people. Mm. And there's where my, my passion actually started. Like I always love to go to field, mm. look at other young people, what they're doing, you know, mm. having um conversation with them to understand their issues. For example, mm. girls, remember we had um, our first project around the menstrual hygiene mm. for, for, for these young girls in school. So I, I think that was um actually interesting thing for me and mm. I've never had that opportunity. So there's where I said, okay, this is where I can actually start engaging myself and invest my effort, mm. you know? Yeah, so yeah. But again, I had this um experience from uh, the UN clubs and chapters so I had this strong ambition, you know, mm. I was like, okay, so this is where I want to go. <laughs> the UN thing. Lovely. I was like, okay, now I'm starting. So, yeah. How has, how else do you think the environment um, actually shaped you to be the person that you are? Um, there are different influences that we get, you know, there are different people that we hang out with. Um, we get to meet people that, you know, actually inspire us. We also get people that will look down on us. Um, we get challenges along the way. So all of these influences shape us to who we are. How has the challenges and the people that you've met along the way shaped you to who you are today? Um, so I think we have uh, different groups of people that we meet. So I, I can say previously, I had a very rough um, life and experience. Mm. Which, so I feel like if I, if I got an opportunity to continue in that, in that kind of environment, I wouldn't be here today the mm. way I am. Um, so I remember, um, so when I started working for racist development, um, I was so sh like sh shy girl. Mm. I okay, I had these uh, ideas, but I can I can't actually communicate what I actually mm. want to do. And most of the time, the people I started working with, they, they were not. Um, I think they never had that understanding, you know, to connect mm. with people, but also to have this kind of uh, skills to make sure that, okay, they give you a full support. Mm. So I met um, this uh, lady and um, of course, you know, uh, Ridwan. Yes. So I these are the people who actually, my, my, they, they, they were a very big uh, support to my career journey, mm. I can say. And, I can say they they were the reason for me to actually continue the work that mm. I actually started doing. But it was difficult sometimes to connect with people because of the experience I had in the past. So I so one of my line managers suggested that um I can get um a coach mm. for a therapy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it's crazy, but I feel like that was um, a very good uh, 
initiative mm. because I started taking my, uh, so we had this session for rapid transformational therapy. Mm. So she started coaching me, understanding the growth mindset, mm. how to, to believe in yourself, not having any fear, mm. just to, you know, to have this confidence and uh, believing yourself, but also how to take actually initiatives. So there's where I started to um, realize the potential I had and it also started transforming and there's where people started, okay, so you can do this. Mm. So it was like everywhere, okay, Rahma, please do this for me, do this for me. And I was happy to do that because they were also contributing to my, you know, um, capacity and experience. And mm. right now I'm here, you know, with full of knowledge, I believe and mm. I've learned a lot where other people are um, also expecting a lot from me. So you need to be in a way that you can always support them. Rehma, you have, you have traveled the world. You have seen places. <laughs> you have met people. Um, mm-hmm. And you have met incredible young people in that. Um, mm-hmm. What do you find to be the most common thing um, that, you, that you have seen amongst young people from either Southeast Asia or deep in Africa or in another continent? What is common about young people that you have met? Um, so most of the young people that I, I got an opportunity to meet with, they're so energetic full of ideas like almost all the time whenever like they think 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 and whenever they come up with they're so incredible Mm. you can't even believe sometimes when you feel like you you see someone very quiet but you might say like maybe they don't they don't have anything in their mind Mm. maybe they don't have this and this and this but when you get an opportunity to speak to them Mm. you'll be amazed um so that's one of the things that i got from different young people especially Mm. when i was in south africa Mm. i really like the energy of most of the young people over there and i can say that i learned a lot from Mm. young people from south africa and i can say um they the the this group of young people actually always together you know they think Mm. of incredible ideas transforming communities I'm saying this for the specifically people I got to connect it from the alumni networks, mm. from the young people who actually used to work from the partner organizations, yes. like almost all the time when we get to meet, you'll be amazed and you'll not um, go back home empty-handed or mm. empty-head. Mm. You always get something from them. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the common um, things. But again, there's this uh, um, aspect of um knowledge and skills mm. um we okay we have these young people who are actually capable enough to yes. transform the change but again mm. sometimes they actually fail to get that comprehensive knowledge and understanding mm. of how to execute everything mm. for example we you might find people in different communities like they want to advocate for their priorities but they actually don't have that capacity to, to speak to the decision makers, you know, mm. we, we, we've been hear, hearing a lot like young people are doing bad things in the road, whatever, whatever. And this is actually common, like, okay, we have this a group of young people who are passionate about change, but at mm. the same time, they don't have ability, you know, to communicate the, 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 
their needs and demands to the right people in mm -hmm. a right way. I remember when I was in South Africa for um for this uh, platform. So we we had another concept of Beijing Plus Twenty Five. Yes. We had young people from different communities from different countries, and we had an opportunity to meet the ministers of mm. the Eastern and Southern African countries. But at the moment, we got an opportunity to sit. Most of the people they were like shouting, "Yay, yay, mm. what's this?" But again, later someone came up and were like, "You know, you young, we we understand young people. You guys sometimes." When you want something, you really need that thing to happen. But yes. again, when you actually come to this kind of platform, you actually need to have the knowledge, you know, mm. of communicating your needs. You know, mm. we have political declarations. You need to understand yes. all these aspects. And the aspects of advocacy cannot happen in one, two days, and then mm. boom, you have your thing. You know, you need to be patient. You, you need to... Mm know how easily to connect and convincing people mm. you know so i i think one of the common issues that i find in most of the community it's the comp is it competent knowledge and skills of mm. um engaging into different aspects so i've given the example of mm. engaging into these big platforms like yes. having that understanding of communication you know mm. you need to have that skills to engage with to be, to be able actually. to engage yes and yeah. know the language that is actually used i love exactly. I, and i completely agree with everything that you've said and part of the reason why i'm asking this question is because with this platform what we want to create is to tell stories of young people across the globe and mm -hmm. we want because we understand that we all have stories to share and we can all motivate exactly. each other one way or the other and we can actually learn so much from other um other people across the globe and sometimes it's not even that we are too different but we are actually the same we our yes. struggles sometimes our struggles sometimes are even the same but yeah. we aren't connecting so we want to connect young people to the world and and through stories we believe we can actually do that Rahma, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, the YSG family is so proud of you. Continue inspiring you so other African young people. Continue inspiring you. young people across the globe. We wish you all the best for your future endeavors. Uh, we thank are going to, much. yeah, we are definitely going to have you once again because we can talk the whole day. There's so much that you do. And yeah. uh, and I am, I'm just so happy that we got to have you um, and on this platform. So ladies and gentlemen, YSG family, that was Rahma Suleiman all the way from Tanzania. We are so happy that she finally joined us. We are going to bring you another banger of an episode. Do make sure that you subscribe on our YouTube channel channel it's your story global remember to follow us on our social media platforms it's your story global i'm also available on facebook and all other social media platforms it's at as it to sotani otherwise until next time ladies and gentlemen check you on the flip side